Good afternoon. Today on the Dewpoint Report, I wanted to keep it simple because it is, after all, on the 4th of July, this 2020, a most interesting year filled of introspective and if one can call it extrospective change. Why do I say extrospective? Because the world has changed in many ways. Not only because we have all learned the importance of social distancing, as awkward as it might make everyone feel, so much so that as much as people have said shouldn't change the cordiality and the need for people to still be kind to one another, six feet apart and all. But regardless of that, the need to wear masks and the conversation that that truly has created as to whether one does wear a mask or whether one does not wear a mask and when one wears a mask and who wears a mask at what age does one begin wearing a mask and what does it create in terms of a social complication for children who because of social distancing, now have it even more difficult because some are confused as to why are some people wearing masks and not others. And for the newborns, quickly falling behind on their vaccines that they would typically receive on a regular schedule. And so there are individuals for example, going out of their way to make sure that newborns get their vaccines. And so that is a nuance that is now even an additional layer of what people didn't anticipate would occur as a result of what the entire world is now seeing as a tumultuous change. That as one person put it, wow, this could have been prevented decades ago? Well, hindsight, as is said, is always twenty twenty. Now, I don't mean to be is silly by saying 2020 when indeed we are in the year 2020 and that is kind of interesting but no no the concept of saying hindsight is 2020 is that when we look back at something it's always easy to say oh yes of course that makes complete sense it always makes sense when you have all the information in front of you that you didn't have when you were in the middle of something as it was occurring well, being in the middle of this current situation, referred to as the COVID-19 pandemic, is like not being able to see the forest for the trees. 
which is a saying given to a situation in which one can be standing in the forest and see one particular tree but not the entire forest. And the reason that that is is because you see what is in front of you and not the complex situation that is around, nor the entire history that is around. But the point of that particular saying is that when you are standing in the middle of something, you don't see the bigger picture. It isn't until you step a few steps back and you see all of the canvas which shows you the full mural and the full kaleidoscope of what goes into what you may have been in the middle of at that particular moment in time. And then at that particular instance is when you begin to truly appreciate the magnanimous instance in which you were actually present as a small grain of sand in that mural, in that kaleidoscope. And you, I, we existed, exist, will have existed in that moment, in this moment. And this is why for many it's a consternation, for others it's a fascination, and yet even for others it's just simply overwhelming. But what can be said is simply this. There is no 4th of July where we have had, in the sense of social distancing the way we do today, there is no 4th of July where We are so confused about whose mask, what mask, which mask. Because the point is that I'm making, there have been points in time where people have had to wear masks. Yes, if we look at the early 1900s. But the truth of the matter is we have moved so much further in our technologies, in our social advancements, that what most consternates people is the need to have to do something so simple as to wear a face mask. And for some people that feels very binding, when for others it's a simple if it's going to protect others, then that is just as important as it is in the sense that it will protect them as well. And so the sense of community is truly seen in individuals that are wearing their masks as they do understand the concept of the droplets and how that works. And the fact that they may not be wearing their mask at home because those are individuals that they live with, and as they do understand that those may be individuals that they 
share a space with. When out in public, given the depth to which people have been affected and the level to which uh, the United States has seen the numbers grow exponentially, the necessity for something so simple as a face mask need not be as perplexing as it has been. And though I can understand why it's frustrating, because why should someone be told to wear something that they don't want to wear? Now, if we look at it in the sense of this isn't something someone is being forced to do because someone's just out there sitting at a desk who feels like creating a rule out of nowhere. Now, this is out of public health for the sake of everyone's well-being, not only the individual wearing the mask, but the people around the individual. And the ability to understand that we all do something for the sake of others, at least once in our life. And I'll give you an example. Whether we drive a car, what we're doing when we stop at a red light, we do that for sense of community. We stop red, we yield yellow, we go green. If we are riding a bike in public, we obviously stop at an intersection. We look both ways and we wait, obviously, if there's a light until the little signal goes on and it allows us to go. Because if we were just driving, riding our bike without any regard for people around, we would not only be a hazard to ourselves, we would be a hazard to others. If we choose not to drive and we choose not to ride a bike and we choose to walk in our neighborhoods, then we also follow a sense of social responsibility when we cross a crosswalk. We follow the guidelines of the crosswalk at the light. We cross the crosswalk. When it says stop, we stop. If we didn't, there would be cars passing through and that would inhibit our ability to cross the crosswalk. Those are examples of how we are not being forced to do these things, but we choose to do them because we knew that we do these in community with others who also do the same. Even if we were someone, say in the example of the person walking, if we were someone that utilized a wheelchair, we would still follow the rules of the crosswalk. When it said go, we would go. When it said stop, we would stop. 
because it is appropriate and those are safety responsibilities. So the point that I'm making is those social responsibilities belong to everyone who lives in society. Now, they may mean different things to different people, but even if we all had different levels of understanding on what that meant and how we shared that space, whether all we were doing was listening for that particular sound for us to cross the crosswalk, or if we were only looking for the symbol to tell us to move, we would know that that is a socially acceptable method to be able to utilize that space. And that is why, whether it consternates us, or whether it baffles us, or whether it is simply something we all accept, to do for the purpose of everyone, we should understand that yes, this is one of the oddest 4th of Julys ever. However, remarkable as our country is, we will continue to be resilient. As there are so many people working towards a vaccine. And once that vaccine is found, the brilliance of the individuals who will have developed the vaccine will have recognized the importance of getting that to the appropriate communities who need them. And I'll say one more thing after this break. Gone less America land that I love stand beside her and guide her through the night with a night from above from the mountains through the prairies to the oceans white with foam God bless America my home sweet home well welcome back to the dew point report yes that's correct the digital electronic world report 
still talking to you about how the world connects in different ways than it used to, oh, decades ago. Yes, and more than a century ago as well. Things have changed in so many ways, yet uh, stayed the same in so many ways. And I think that was the point of why I was saying that COVID-19 has somehow intersected with this particular 4th of July in such a way that nothing ever has before, even though we do have a way of talking about how in 1918, the world did see the Spanish flu in such a way that has some parallels to this. But somehow some people feel that they are immune to the entire situation. And I have to tell you, when I heard that people were throwing parties to give themselves COVID-19, I'll say that again. When I heard on the news that people were throwing parties to purposely spread droplets throughout Meaning, because when you don't have the social distancing, the six feet apart, then and you're much closer and you don't wear a mask, you obviously, and if you're speaking louder or yelling, you have an even further range upon which you can disperse droplets, which is the, the what would be like a, what comes out of your mouth when you're talking, essentially. And if that lands on other people, it doesn't mean that everyone's going to get it, but some people are more susceptible to getting it than others. And what happens when people have certain underlying conditions that make them susceptible to getting more easily ill than others, then people put individuals at risk. So here's an example. People are exhausted in some instances of being at home in these shelter at home requirements. I get it. I've been at home as well. But the the situation is that we all make sacrifices in different ways. And we make them for the good of not only for our own well-being, but for the good of others and those around us. And it has been very difficult to undergo some sacrifices, but at the same time, we have to recognize that many of those sacrifices are for the long term as opposed, of for the, as opposed to for the short term. And the need for that is the following. There have been examples of people saying they had no idea that by going to a birthday party, they would then in turn make their elderly relative ill and their elderly elderly relative would pass away. The remorse that comes with recognizing that a person had something to do with making an elderly relative ill is something so heavy to live with that nobody would want to put that person through purposefully. So it's not funny, not funny in any way. So that's one example, and I don't mean to use it grotesquely, but I've spoken to this before, that of course people who have never been sick don't ever feel that they're going to be sick at all. However, people who have been in and out of hospitals, perhaps 
due to certain illnesses, have an acute awareness of what it's like to try to survive, to try to live. That doesn't mean that because people have been sick throughout their childhood, that they, in essence, have a shorter life expectancy. By no means. It doesn't mean that someone who has been sick already many years in their childhood, that they aren't going to live out many happy years. But that also doesn't mean that they don't have what are referred to as comorbidities, meaning underlying conditions that make them susceptible to getting sick or making it more difficult to fend off diseases. But let's be realistic. Let's also not start judging people and saying, oh, that person's wearing a mask. They're going to get sick and I am not going to get sick because I'm not wearing a mask. That's not necessarily the situation. So I think the reason that I wanted to call this out is because let's be realistic. Fourth of July's have not always been downers. They've always been moments to celebrate because the country's birth, the independence, there's a change, there's something positive to celebrate. But COVID is not the only thing on everybody's mind. It certainly is one of the biggest, the most complex, and not to mention, it is also the fact that we have not flattened the curve in such a way that we really have lowered the numbers. So much so that in Europe, we are not welcome as Americans in certain countries because we just don't have it under control. And that should say something. That really should say something. So, the other important thing is to recognize that we have gone through as a country a social awakening of such proportion that flags are changing in state capitals in such a way that the states are recognizing that certain symbols are not acceptable. And that kind of change has happened because people have spoken in a manner that was proactive and positive. Now, not all of the actions of people were positive and proactive, I want to be clear. Some people clearly broke laws, and they will be prosecuted. But there were individuals who sat down with legislators who said, this is what is not appropriate, and this is how this should be or can be corrected. And those things were done and have been continued to be done. Other people brought to the attention injustices that had occurred over years, and those are being worked on, on how those injustices can be corrected such that they won't continue to occur. And that kind of change is magnanimous. And this is another point of intersection with this year's 4th of July that has not been seen to this level in generations. And this is why 
it is so important not to fall asleep in this moment as to what has occurred and what will continue to occur in such a positive manner. Because it isn't about what is no longer in front of a person or of a municipality or of a legislature in the future budget. It really is important to understand that when people are beginning to understand that, as I mentioned previously about the forest for the trees, that saying, when you're in the middle of something and you don't see the big picture, what does that mean? The importance of respecting something for its broader sense of existence. This country doesn't exist just for the day. Budgets don't exist for the day. Cities don't exist for the day. Statehoods don't exist for the day. And so what is the purpose then? So uh, celebrations, Fourth of July, for example, it make people happy for the day because they are holidays. But the symbolism, the significance of it is much bigger than that. And that's why some people might not understand why there weren't any parades, why people weren't able to gather the way they were. And this is why it's so important to understand it isn't about not allowing people to gather because just someone decided, no, people can't gather today. No, it's about the bigger picture of what is going on. The bigger picture of the fact that the numbers have not continued to decline to the level that they need to in order to sustain healthy public health standards. And such is that it is true, people want to gather, people need that sense of social awareness and social, well, socialization, that's actually the better word to utilize, but we're not there yet. And what was really interesting is that in some cities that have reopened because not every city has been able to but some cities that did they were able to get back and begin supporting businesses that were able to reopen and that is a healthy way to reopen and way to begin helping the very businesses that were there during a healthy economy and they're going to need help in bringing back the towns and the cities and the municipalities and the townships. Because our great country is actually quite complex in its simplicity. Because the conversations that happen in one town are not the same as the conversations that happen in another. And although our channels of communication may cross from one to the other in terms of we might see the same stations, and so we think, oh, well, if that town opened, my town should open. 
we're not actually in the exact same situation. And so we can't expect one mayor to have the same answer as the other mayor because that one mayor has a different population to respond to than the other mayor does. And every mayor is responsible to their particular constituents. And so what I think sometimes we all fail to understand when people just go outside and decide not to wear a mask because, you know, it's just not fashionable or, no, I just don't feel like it. Or if that person gets to speak up for their rights, I'm going to speak up about a mask's right. Well, you know, yes, everybody has a responsibility to speak up if they see something wrong, but let's be realistic. In my point I made about the stop at a red, yield at a yellow, and go at a green, and the crosswalk protocols, we all have a responsibility to each other because we live in communities in which, even if we don't know the person that is stopping for us at the crosswalk, we know them at that particular moment for the fact that they were cordial enough to stop and allow us to walk down that crosswalk. Whether we moseyed on down, whether we skipped on down, whether we walked on down, or whether we strolled on down. And they stopped because they were responsible drivers and we waited at the crosswalk until they did because we were responsible pedestrians. So whether we were the one driving and we waited because it was the pedestrians right away or we were the pedestrian and we waited until the driver saw us at the crosswalk or we waited until the light said go. Those are the kinds of responsibilities that we all actually recognize in society as mutual responsibilities that are part of what has often been referred to in certain things such as, it's called a social contract, let's be realistic. And you can read about it if you want. John Locke has written a book about it and you could go into depth and further understand what the concept is of why we do things for others and, and why then we know that they do things in turn for us and, and it all works together kind of like a puzzle and all the parts fit together and this isn't some horrible thing that happens. It's actually a good thing. It's kind of why the street lights work and it's kind of why the infrastructures work. It's complex but it's simple. But the point that I'm making is this. We've all done our best to enjoy the 4th of July. Yet we recognize that it is an unusual 4th of July because we have to have all recognized to some level that this year has brought an awareness of our need to be understanding of our 
broader responsibility as to how we not only recognize justice within ourselves, within everything around us, because everybody does stand up for something, whether they stand up for themselves, they stand up for someone around them, they stand up for communities, Everyone has a sense of responsibility at least once in their life for something they do. But then also to the broader sense of our country and what it has gone through in terms of changing and the example I gave of the flags that are changing and why they are changing and the recognition that that change has brought about because of such things as the Black Lives Matter movement, which has clearly opened up an important conversation about things that are not appropriate and things that are appropriate. And then also recognizing that Many Supreme Court decisions that have come through recently have actually opened up conversations that seem to have not been open for conversation years ago. And suddenly now, because they're following precedent, it is so important to be able to further understand that our country has had precedent for decades. But for some reason, there is a sense of reactiveness that has occurred for a few years now, just over a decade. And the loss of, I'd say for about 20 years, and the loss of some understanding of precedence has seemingly allowed some people to either have amnesia or pretend to forget about some advances that had already occurred decades ago. And the importance of some decisions that have come through the Supreme Court have been so pivotal that they have reminded not only our country, but really the world, that precedence is important, that you have to really sift through a lot of the opinions, and you have to really look at what the law is and how it breaks down. Because people can get really bogged down in the emotional sense of a conversation, and sometimes actually not even broach the conversation because it's too emotional people don't want to talk about anything because it's so emotional. And so if COVID-19 has done anything and people don't, if people feel that COVID-19 has done nothing, then they have missed so much because if COVID-19 has done anything minimal, it is, it has allowed people to stay home at a time when things have been quite dramatic. And so that can, in essence, allow for a moment for people to sit down and have really important conversations. 
because there are serious moments of history occurring right now. And if people don't recognize that, if people are just caught up in some moment of nonchalance, then they're missing the historic precedence that is occurring, not only locally and nationally, but then also globally. And this is why our country, it, it is going through a metamorphosis, but it is such a beautiful metamorphosis. And we can become so much more than what we have been. And imagine, we have been already so much. We can be so much more. I know, I know you're thinking, wait a minute. There's a lot of pain that we've already been through. How can we even be so much more given the pain that we've been through? Well, as a country, it doesn't mean that you have to go through pain to become even better. I know there's that saying, no pain, no gain. Well, that's the one way to look at it. But that doesn't mean that you have to go through pain in order to advance and be even stronger. That's that's one way to think of it, but that isn't necessarily the instance for all individuals and all things of being. If we look at it through a thought process of analysis and understanding, you really can learn so much from what has occurred and metamorphosize through that in such a way that growth does occur be it through if if it is because of faith if it is because of science if it is because of nature i mean those are in essence combinations that allow for heartful growth And they encompass so much of ourselves, our being, and who we are. And so I close with this, that we should just remind ourselves once in a while not to get caught up in reactiveness of the moment. Oh, so many things can cause stress. But we have to step back. If we certainly are in that phase where we have to still stay at home. Not everybody is, but if we are still in that phase where we have to stay at home, then utilize that moment for thinking, how can we grow as individuals during this moment? Because it isn't the same for everyone. Not everyone is zooming through their way through COVID. Not everyone is Netflixing their way through this moment. Not everyone is Disney plusing their way through this moment. Not everyone is HBOing their way through this moment. Not everyone is showtiming their way through the moment. Not everyone is gardening through the moment. Not everyone can stay at home through the moment. Some people have to work through that moment. And some people have to continue in their responsibilities, even while at home through that moment. And they may have to even work while at home through the moment. And added responsibilities through that moment. And so for some, there may be even less time to think about how they can 
decompress from all the stress. And for others, it may be more of the same. They may just be able to pivot, readjust, change their space a little bit, and this may be an oasis. But in that time, how can it be an even better space? How can it be an even better moment than it was before? And for those that have more stress, how can they work on changing that so it doesn't become astronomical? And so I leave you lastly with this. Currently, the FCC announced, recognizing, of course, that this can be a horrible time for people in how they can deal with mental health issues. Because having to stay at home, not being able to make doctor's appointments, if doctor's appointments are too full and waits are so long. And so they announced that they will be, although it's not open yet, but it will be soon, they said. And so wait for a further announcement, but they said that they are going to be starting a special line, which is a 988, which is specific for mental health needs. And that is going to be a focused phone number, which will be easier than having to remember all the other numbers that can be available for people who have a need for mental health assistance. So I leave you with that in this particular commentary because it can be a very stressful time to have to be at home and not have an outlet, not have somebody to speak to. If people at work were the people that you most got along with, were people that you most had... Um, energized time with because they were the ones that you had all this work time with. They were the ones that you had all this colloquialism. They knew all the terminology that you knew. And then all of a sudden now you're at work, you're at home and nobody at home understands what you're talking about when you talk about a work issue. And that is just so stressful. Well, there's got to be an outlet. There's got to be a way to talk to somebody. And that is an example of what the FCC has done to help. And I'll end on that. Have a good day. Be safe out there. Don't forget, wash your hands, 20 seconds. Social distancing, six feet apart. Wear your mask. Toodles.